0: Hey, girlfriend. As we continue the July Health Series, I talked to a very fun guest, Jennifer Pickett. And I love how she has such a full background with clinical medicine, health coaching, nutrition. But she's really, throughout her own journey, really understood what it takes as far as getting to the root of the issue and not just going from the band aid approach. We talk about that. We talk about the shame and guilt that sometimes we have as women and how that really just does not help us that can make it worse so we got to come from a place of compassion and we talk about mindfulness and really working through this from a mindset direction too so I learned a lot I enjoyed the conversation and I hope you will too and just a reminder if you're not already in set free sisterhood facebook group come on in and i also wanted to invite you on a phone call with me if this is something you have been thinking about for a while you've been listening to the podcast you're like you know, I, I've tried this whole alcohol free thing on my own. You know, it's working some, it's not working some, it's, it's terrible. I'm just really feeling stuck. I don't know where to go next. The thing is, is what I don't want you to do is just sit still. I want you to take action. I'm always going to encourage you to take action and just reach out and ask. Just say, hey, can we set up a conversation? And you and I can get on a Zoom, come as you are, PJ's hair in a ponytail, whatever i mean we're showing up as friends just to have a conversation is what could your life look like in the next four to six months what opportunities you could have and just see if it's a good fit for you and if you're ready to really start to change your life and get to a place of peace fulfillment and harmony that's another thing jennifer and i talked about like that's what we want but we have to be the key player in our lives nobody's coming to rescue us ladies you know you know i talk about faith so we're not talking about that you know god is at the foundation he also gives you the wisdom and the ability to stand up and make decisions and do the thing just do the thing so enjoy the episode i would love to meet you i'm looking forward to meeting you and until next week stay blessed hey sister do you feel stuck Do you feel like you're living each day over and over on a loop? Maybe you feel like a failure because you keep telling yourself that today will be different. You wake up each morning hoping to do better, but when the afternoon rolls around, all your promises to yourself are shot. And society screams, you deserve to have that drink, eat that piece of cake, and scroll mindlessly through social media. Hi, I'm Michelle Porterfield, Certified Mindset and Breakthrough Coach mom of three, former daily wine drinker, excuse maker, and promise breaker. Coffee's my jam, dry shampoo is my BFF, and I am so glad you're here. I have created this community to help you walk in faith towards freedom from alcohol and other strongholds like it. Together, we will work to show you your value, your strength, and your ability to overcome. So pop in your earbuds and go for a walk, or buckle up for your commute. Girl, get ready for straight talk and the truth, because it's time to elevate your mindset, develop healthy routines, and begin to thrive alcohol-free. Hey sisters, it's so good to be here again. I have another guest this month in July for the Health Series. Today I have Jennifer Pickett. She is a dietitian turned functional wellness coach as a successful health coach to women across the country. She realizes that the last thing a woman needs is another unrealistic diet plan. Can I get a witness? She (laughs) believes that to make the shift from knowing what to do to the actual doing, one must start with their mindset by acknowledging what is driving the unwanted behavior becoming intentional with their actions, and learning to practice self-compassion. In specific, she helps spiraling moms overcome their overwhelm through focused, functional wellness coaching for the whole body, mind, and soul. Whoop. I love it. Hey, Jennifer, thanks for being here.
1: You're welcome. I'm so glad to be here. I think this will be a fun conversation today.
0: Yes, and I love your bio because so many of my women... Um, they're there and they understand that even in the whole sphere of what I teach with the, the awareness around alcohol and, and drinking. So we must get from what to do to the actual doing. So tell me a little bit more about kind of your history and how you got to where you are now and then we'll dive into the actual like tactical things we can work on today.
1: Yeah, so um, my history, I'm a dietitian by profession, and so I've been trained in more of the traditional sense. So the training as a dietitian um, is very much disease state focused. So it's all about disease management, very, very diet driven. And I've seen over the years how diets just fail us. Most, Most people go from diet to diet to diet and they feel like a failure because at some point they fail that diet or better put that diet fails them because it's not sensible and it's not sustainable. And so I made the shift to functional uh, medicine, uh, which I'll call functional wellness, uh, because functional medicine is focused on lifestyle medicine, and it's more about prevention. Um, instead of, okay, let me wait until I get a disease, and then, oh my goodness, I need to do something about it. Lifestyle medicine, functional medicine is all about prevention. It's also focused on getting to the root of the issue. And so I get to practice functional medicine as a functional medicine certified health coach. I have a virtual practice. So I see all of my clients, all of my women uh, on a virtual basis. So I have people all over the country and I get to empower them. So it's very personalized, very, very customized. And my clients know we're going to be taking that body, mind and soul approach. This is so much more than eat this, don't eat that. If it were that simple, then Heck, all this would be really fit and not have any issues. There's more to it than that. And so my goal is for my clients to feel empowered, but to set them up for a lifetime of success. So we work on self-compassion, letting go of the guilt and shame. We work on mindfulness, and then we work on all aspects that affect your health, not just nutrition, but sleep and stress and hydration and elimination, all of the good things. We hit all the topics. And that's what I get to do every day. It is so very, very rewarding. I just absolutely love it. Love it.
0: That's awesome. I love it too. I'm like, okay, I want in right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want to be a part of a group like that in a program like that? So, you know, I heard you say guilt and shame. That's a huge one for women. Um, the whole diet mindset of, I just need to pick this and do it, although we do not have a clue what's going on in our bodies or our ages and stages and how we respond to food. And then just the the mindfulness around that, like, how do we get to that place of just doing what we're told or the reactionary mode or we even talked about rushing through the meals itself to like where do we start with mindset and and what does that even mean if somebody's listening they're like what are you talking about we're talking about food and health here what does mindset mean how would you kind of start them
1: so i tell you where we need to start you you referenced um guilt and shame and i will tell you i think every single woman that comes to me me included, my own personal health struggles, we feel very guilty and very ashamed. We know we haven't treated our health in the best manner. And honestly, it hasn't been intentional. Like women don't come to me and say, well, I just decided to let my health go. Ha ha ha. No, it's that they've been so busy taking care of everybody else that they've just kind of let their own personal health fall to the wayside and it wasn't intentional. It just happened. And now they've gotten to a point where things are spiraling out of control. And there is, there's some guilt and there's some shame associated with that. So we need to address that first because when you're mired down in that guilt and that shame, you're not going to be able to move forward. So it's so important to practice that self-compassion, forgive yourself, so that you can move forward and you can get some momentum. So we we start there. And then my next request of my clients is actually very simple. They've been applying mindfulness and they've been listening to everyone else for years. The example I give is as moms, we can hear our child cough across a crowded room full of kids, we know exactly who that cough belonged to because we're that in tune with our kids' bodies. We listen to them. We have got to start listening to our own body, listening to the signals that our body's trying to give us, We've been ignoring those signals, those warning lights on the dashboard, if you will. So we need to apply mindfulness. And mindfulness can kind of sound lofty and complicated, and it's not. All mindfulness means is I'm going to listen to my body. I'm going to be a little more self-aware so that I know how I need to move forward. So mindfulness is just listening, and that is the most powerful starting point. It can be as simple as listening to your body. I had this for lunch and here's how I felt afterwards. Mm. That's a great indication of, wait a minute, like that may not have been the best choice. Um, It can be as simple as practicing mindfulness of how does my body respond to stress? Do I have like, Uh, shallow breathing, am I clenching my jaw, am I tensing my shoulders, am I getting a headache, is my stomach rumbling? What is happening when my body's in a stressful situation? Because once we become mindful, then we can become intentional. Okay, here's where I'm at, my body is stressed out, shifts to intentional, what do I need to do about it? How can I support my body and help dial back that stress response? So once we become more mindful, then we be, we can become intentional and we can do that in a way that's not complicated. Mm.
0: You know what else I, I love about that is how we're not uh, taking on the identity of the stress or the identity of the situation. It's more of like, what is my body doing and saying?
1: Yes. And yes.
0: that helps us also after we've already worked through the process of the guilt and shame to begin with. And mm-hmm. my women deal with that. Like when we've been drinking for a decade, wine yep. on a regular basis, first of all, we don't even pay attention to our bodies because the same thing, At the same time if people was not taking care of themselves with eating, but we do. And it's not like, Oh, well, well we meant to, to just numb everything out for 10 years and, and neglect ourselves because they're also the women that are going to work and taking their kids. They're high achievers. They're, you know, they are pouring that into it. That just happened to be their thing versus not necessarily overeating, or it could be both. So that's what happens first, too. I agree the same way. Like, we have to get to a place where, like, listen, we have to uh, give ourselves grace, have that compassion, and this just understand that. Now where we are, we have more wisdom and resources than we did 10 years ago or even five years ago and be able to allow that. And then when we start stepping into the mindfulness, I love that you said that. That just has been happening to me recently where I've really, really been paying attention to certain types of food. And I had said this on um, another conversation, but I had Mexican food and I felt awful after Like I just felt like sluggish and fatigued and I had a headache. And so I was like, okay, but I didn't come from judgment. I didn't say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. How many calories and, you know, shame on me or whatever. I was like, okay, well in the future, when I go have that, I'm going to just maybe have some chips and salsa because that didn't typically make me feel bad. It's the heavy cheese and stuff. Yeah. And then enjoy, still enjoy the experience with my family, but know that I get to make a new choice.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's just that mindfulness in the first place and connecting the dots, putting two and two together and then asking yourself, you know, because timing is everything too. asking yourself, okay, is it worth it? Now, sometimes it is, it's, it's a special occasion. It's just totally worth it. Like it's okay to indulge. Like it's worth it from a food standpoint. You know, it's, it's totally worth it. Other times you might go through that mindfulness process and be like, wait a minute. Mexican food for lunch. I've got a really full afternoon. I need to be productive this afternoon. If I eat Mexican food, I'm going to feel like crashing and taking a nap and I'm not going to get anything done. Maybe I shouldn't have Mexican food for lunch. So it can just, it can be about that too. Like the timing. um, Yeah. And there's a time, you know, for everything, but that mindfulness is where it starts. And I think as women, we get so overwhelmed and we get so stressed about the health plan. I mean, I have women coming to me, and I, they think that I'm going to give them a lot of strict like rules and regulations, and I think they're very pleasantly surprised that's not my strategy. Because if someone is so stressed out about their health plan, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. It's not going to work. So I, and I really like what you said. Don't take on that identity of stress. Hmm. It's how your body's responding. Um, instead of using the words like, I'm a stressed out person, I just can't handle my stress, your body responds so negatively, negatively to those negative statements. So negative mind, negative body.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: And then what,
0: so once she starts kind of realizing this mindfulness, how is it that she can really start walking out to break the cycle of what this whole, she's used to rules, right? She's used to the diet plans and she's tried the diet plans. And typically what I've heard is if you've tried enough diet plans, you realize that they actually probably backfired and you probably gained weight and you had some other like negative experiences. And then for me, this this is something I've experienced is if I was following a plan and this exact strategy And I deviated or quote unquote messed up. I felt way worse versus if I was on something sounds like what you offer is the more like um, fluid plan. There is no such thing as like, oh my gosh, I ruined it.
1: Right. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right. There is no such thing, at least my strategy, there's no such thing as, oh my God, oh my goodness, I blew it. You know, um, so I mean, foods are not inherently, you know, evil and good. I mean, there's better choices, obviously, but we've got to show ourselves some grace. And I take a very, very simple, realistic approach to nutrition. And I want to teach my clients how to eat so that they know how to eat. Now a vast majority of my clients are mamas and they also realize, you know what? I need to teach my children how to eat because if I don't teach them how to eat, if I don't teach them the basics of good nutrition, who else is gonna do that? So that's the other downfall of diets and having this you know, eat this, don't eat that. Um, we're really harming our children in the, in the first place. Mama's always on a diet. I guess I need to be on a diet. Um, Mama's always grumpy because she's doing some kind of funky detox. You know, I mean, it's just so unhealthy from on so many different levels. So we have to learn how to eat. And the basics really do apply. It does not have to be complicated. Now, it's a confusing, conflicting world out there when it comes to nutrition, and usually people are trying to sell something. They're trying to sell their, their specific strategy, and it's about money. And I think that's where I get so angry. I mean, just literally angry, Michelle, at the, at the diet industry, because this is about money. It is not about someone's health and well-being. It's not about their mental and emotional well-being. It is just about money. These programs are designed so that you will fail. And you need to stay in the program. So that's what normally happens. You do it for a little bit, you lose weight, you get off track, you regain the weight. By the way, the weight usually invites a few friends. You have even, even more weight than you did before. And then you're like, nope, if I can only do it with some more determination, then I can, I'll, do it, I'll do better this time. You start that program again, and they benefit. As long as you're in their program, they benefit. If the program was successful, you wouldn't need to go back to it. Mm. You can say that. It would set you up for a (laughs) lifetime of success, right? So they're meant, they are designed for you to fail. And that's what makes me so angry because women feel like, oh my goodness, I'm a failure. Everyone else is doing great. It's me. It's my fault. I'm a failure. I don't have enough determination and willpower. It's not them. It's the stupid program that is just designed with failure in mind.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's their marketing strategy. What you just said is they want you to feel that way so that you will continue. And I've heard that from fitness experts too, that they're frustrated with the fitness industry for the same reasons. You know, especially when you think about it, we are all very, very different our ages are different, Mm -hmm. our hormones, our cycles, like how in the world could you imagine this like cookie cutter program to work for all women? It just doesn't make sense. We fall into it. (laughs) We just do.
1: We do because we're looking for hope. We're looking for an answer. We want something to work and um, we have to get back to, okay, what's driving the unhealthy behaviors? How am I numbing my pain? Am I over, am I drinking? Am I overeating? Like how am I numbing my pain? How am I handling the stress? Do I even recognize that I'm stressed? I've had clients who really didn't even recognize that stress had played such a key role. And going back to one of your questions, like how do you start with mindfulness? What's the next step? I think that next step is identifying your obstacles. What obstacles, what roadblock do you keep running into over and over and over again? If if you're saying you're failing, quote unquote, why are you failing? What roadblocks or what obstacles are you running up against? And that takes a lot of honesty with yourself. And I know I've had to do that process and it's very difficult, but I realized some areas that, man, I had to work on. I was depending on wine to unwind at night, and that was way, way, way too frequent, and I could excuse it. It was good, clean wine, like it was okay. It's not. When you're depending on that to numb the pain, it's not okay. I wasn't getting enough sleep because, of course, drinking wine, drinking alcohol dramatically affects your sleep. That's a whole other topic we can go get into i wasn't i wasn't dealing with some issues in my emotional health. I was shoving it down and ignoring it, hoping it would go away and then finally, another one of my obstacles was my soul wasn't being adequately nourished. my quiet time I was treating it like a quick checkoff box and I'd do a quick devotion and and then just kind of head on to social media and scroll and scroll, just trying to numb the pain. And that wasn't working. So I, to, for me to identify my obstacles, I had to be very honest with myself. Instead of saying, I'm doing everything right. Why isn't my body responding? I had to get honest and say, okay, what are my obstacles here? And then what am I going to do about it?
0: Mm, yes, I can relate to many points of that for sure. And it is it is hard, but at the end of the day, like if I were to tell someone, okay, do you just want to continue just pretending and me give you this cookie cutter plan or would you rather like explore a little bit and get a little uncomfortable and have now new tools so that you don't get sucked back in and then you can have this for the rest of your life? Because we do get stuck in that whole instant gratification. we we'll just like the scrolling through social media. Like we know that's yes. designed to give us dopamine hits. We know that's designed to just help us kind of check out, but then what are we missing out on when we're going to that? And so right. I know right. that that's your thing is like, Hey, I want to teach y'all how to eat, how to be mindful so that you can do this the rest of your life. And not ever have to have this like program or plan ever again. To me that sounds right super exciting.
1: Yes, cuz we 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 want to live a fulfilled life of freedom and harmony. Mm-hmm. Having to adhere to this unrealistic strict plan, there's no freedom and there's no harmony in that. And we have to get to the point where we also identify what is influencing our behaviors? Is it poor stress management? Is it not getting enough sleep? So those are the two secrets right there. Because I firmly believe when you feel better, you're going to make better choices. So um, I think clients are often surprised that we don't hit nutrition right off the bat. They're like, wait, I just thought you were going to give me like a meal plan. And I certainly can. But if it again, if it were as easy as here, let me give you a meal plan, then I mean, I'd work my way out of a job, right? Mm -hmm. But We have to address things like sleep. Women, we're not prioritizing sleep. We don't get good sleep at night and we wake up the next day. We are tired. We're grumpy. We're depending on caffeine to kind of get us going. Um, By the way, when you don't get good sleep, you're going to be hungrier the next day and you're going to crave something. You're craving sweets. So not only are, and it's, so it's this disastrous cycle that we are allowing ourselves to go through every single day, all in the, you typically in the name of productivity, I'm going to stay up late and be productive, or I'm going to stay up late to get my me time and relax. We're shooting ourselves in the foot. And then we wonder the next day why it's so difficult to make good, healthy decisions, or we wonder why we just don't ever feel like exercising. Our poor body can't cope because it hasn't gotten that good deep restorative sleep so we really need to start with some of those basics get some good sleep feel better and manage your stress and then be surprised at how much better you feel and how much easier it is to make those good healthy decisions Mm,
0: yeah you know when I um, removed wine in the beginning, it's a struggle because your, your brain's kind of detoxing and, you know, you're a little edgy and stuff. But it wasn't long that that was one of the first things that I noticed because we think that, and you touched on it earlier, that glass of wine helps us relax or, you know, it helps me sleep. But yet, it created the worst sleep—the waking up in the middle of the night, you know, with racing heart, and then you are sluggish the next day. So that's the coolest thing for me was, which is so cool that that is so important to be in the front end of this whole, you know, wellness conversation—is sleep, because that was one of the first things that I really did notice about removing wine. It's like, oh, I'm sleeping so much better. So then I did have more. Um, like energy and strength in me to just go not today not gonna drink again today or you know not today am I gonna be you know pulling into the local you know drive-through because I'm feeling sluggish and I have a headache and that's just the quickest easiest thing like my decision making became stronger
1: yes and that's what it's about. I think we've been sold this bill of goods that, well, it's just about your determination and willpower. Well, how about we get to the bottom of it and let's, let's address what makes it easy. And that's the question here is what makes it easy to make good decisions? Getting some good sleep. And then once you once you sleep good and you wake up and you're actually refreshed and you're productive and you feel good, you're like, oh my goodness, this is what it feels like. And it's very, very addictive. Like, okay, this is what it feels like when my body gets the restorative sleep that it needs. I can get a lot more done. I am less likely to snap at my kids and bite my husband's head off. I'm gonna get more done and I'm able to move forward. Versus when we don't get good sleep, it is a never ending disaster.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I just think about how sleep in itself is like one of the most restorative things we can do with our overall health in general. And yet it it is high up on the list. And I wonder, is there really a rule or I know you hear people say eight hours. Well, sometimes in seasons of life, that's not realistic. And I've learned that for me, I'm pretty good around seven. Mm -hmm. But I also have, by doing that, I do set really clear boundaries on, okay, not only do I need this amount of sleep, I also know that I have to really create a transition into sleep. Because I think today too, so many of us, we go from computer to bed, phone to bed, TV to bed. And I think that affects
1: the actual quality too. Oh girl, you're talking my language. You're talking my language. I I think you're so right. First of all, we want to look at sleep quantity, but also sleep quality. So sleep quantity, what you mentioned, anywhere from seven to nine hours, and you're going to get a good indication how you feel when you wake up. I've had some clients say, I slept for 12 hours and I'm waking up tired. That gives you a really good indication that the sleep quality is not there. So we have three different types of sleep. We have deep restorative sleep, okay? So the deep sleep is where the body detoxes and it restores. Uh, The REM sleep, the rapid eye movement sleep is where you've got a lot of the dreaming. There's a little bit more movement involved in that sleep. Then you have light sleep. Your deep sleep is what's most important. So here's what's interesting, Michelle. You have uh, that deep sleep. There's a detoxification process that happens. There's a lot that happens as we sleep. So I'll give you this analogy because it kind of resonates with all of our with all of our, our listeners. Um, if you had someone to come to your house to do a deep clean, and I mean they cleaned like baseboards, ceiling fans, windows, like everything, like picking up the sofa, vacuuming underneath, like you name it, they did it. Like the house is spotless. Imagine how you feel when you walk into that sparkling clean house, like it's been deep cleaned. That is exactly what happens when we get good restorative sleep. A deep cleanse happens of the body, but also the brain. So we have to make sure that we make sleep a priority. There's a detoxification process that happens from 11 to 12. That means if you get in bed past 11 and you're not good in sleep, you might miss out on some of that. That's not good. There's also a detoxification process that happens from one to three. That detox process happens in the liver specifically. So if you're tossing and turning during that time, there's a good chance you're not getting the good, deep detox sleep that you need. So we want to make sure we uh, make sleep a priority. And then you mentioned something, that transition to sleep. So women get kind of tickled when I'd start bringing up having a bedtime routine. Now, as women, as moms, we're like, yeah, of course we did this for our kids, especially when they were little, because those little boogers, we wanted them to sleep through the night. So you better believe we did the bedtime routine. And that bedtime routine was meant to send signals to the body. It's time to relax. It's time to unwind. Well, what about us as adults? Don't we need the same thing Don't we need to send a signal to the body? Hey, it's time to relax. It's time to unwind. It's time to transition into sleep. So turning down the lights, diffusing something like lavender, taking an Epsom salt bath, staying off the phone, the computer, everything is designed to help the body unwind. And that makes a tremendous difference with preparing your body for good sleep. Mm Mm-hmm
0: yeah that's good stuff. I love how you broke it down. I didn't know about the um the the specific hours of the the detoxification that's really cool
1: isn't that crazy? I mean so you kind of start to understand why it's so very important and it helps me it had really helped me to understand because I've had sleep issues for a lot of different reasons and for so long why I was feeling so bad and while I was starting to develop some health problems. When I learned that, I was like, oh, no wonder. Okay, I got to work on some things. I got to prioritize sleep a little bit more.
0: Well, and I've spoke about the 3 a.m. wake up call a lot with those of us who drink wine. It's um, something I had really looked into a good bit. And it relates to that because it was like your eyes pop open. And then some of the some of the articles that I read about it was even it was the conversation around when the alcohol had processed through the body and kind of was finished, filtered through the liver. It was like, it had a big long word, the name of it, but it was like, it was like, ding, and it wakes up your brain. Like I'm done. And they still didn't quite understand like why you wake up. But if, You know, anyone who's been where I've been and listens to this, they know like, oh my gosh, yes, two or three o'clock in the morning, I was always waking up at the same time. And it has a lot to
1: do with that. It really does. It really does. And I think there's a blood sugar component, which of course means there's a hormone component. I think there's so many things that happen. The body is such a beautiful, complex system and we kind of take that for granted and if we would start being mindful and listening and then like you've said once you sleep really good and you're avoiding that 3 a.m wake up call you're like oh okay this, that's what it feels like to sleep during the night and not be tossing and turning because a lot of times what happens once you hit that 3 a.m wake up it's really hard to go back to sleep then you have this fitful tossing and turning from three until whenever you get up and you're a walking zombie the next day. You can't function.
0: Yeah, not to mention the the wine witch, as I call her, head talk. That's when a lot of the shame, the anxiety, all yes. that comes to. So yeah. let's transition as we kind of um, head down the road to exercise, movement, that conversation. We chatted a little bit before, but how I've even recently adjusted and shifted not only based on how I feel my, you know, the ability of my body. And, you know, I even look sometimes at my cycle. I've learned more about how my, you know, my, as a female, the cycles, like sometimes of the month I have more energy and sometimes I'm not as much, but mm-hmm. how I have finally gotten to a place where I have truly accepted that any kind of movement is, it's a win for me. There's yeah. plenty of days I walk, and I'm so happy and content where me five years ago would have beat myself up because I didn't do boot camp.
1: You know? Yeah, I hear you. Again, we're talking that we're talking the same language. Um, I think we have to get to that point. We look at our mindset towards exercise again, and I've had the same mindset. Well, it doesn't count unless I'm at the gym and it's an hour long class or I'll go and do two classes, you know, for two hours. I mean, whatever that is, we think in terms of extremes, like it doesn't count. And I will tell you exactly what you just said. We have to get to the point where we understand all movement matters. If you're cleaning house, that counts. You take your dog for a walk, even if it's a short walk, that counts. We've gotta let go of these unrealistic notions that it has to look a certain way. And I love how some of these experts are even going down the path of talking about little movement breaks. Instead of like all your exercise has to be at one time, can you take a 10 minute break and get some movement in? Um, Can you take a 15 minute break and get some movement in? What does that look like for you? What sounds pleasant to you? You know, I've got some clients that have very busy jobs. They're very mobile and they're moving around a lot at their job. And so the question one of my clients, Renee asked me recently was, does that count? And I was like, you better believe it counts. Of course it counts. And there was a study that looked at that, that women, um, it was women in, a, in the workforce, it, women at this particular job, it was an active job. They broke the women into two groups. One group, they said, hey, all this movement at work, that doesn't count. You still need to do a lot of exercise on your own. None of this counts. None of it matters. The other group, they were told, hey, you're, you're, this counts as exercise here at work. All of this movement matters. And it was, it was based on weight loss. Guess what group lost the most weight? It was the group that understood that all movement matters, that their activity at work counted towards their overall activity throughout the day. Every, and they were kind of encouraged to keep it going outside of work. So you see how important, like our mindset plays in that. And honestly, Michelle, we need to find something that sounds pleasant to us. Instead of getting this ridiculous notion of I have to do this because my neighbor does this or my sister does this, we've got to find something that's pleasant to us. And it does not have to be extreme.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I've just talked about it needing to be fun because yeah. I have found things I just don't enjoy. I don't enjoy spin on a bicycle. I don't enjoy... Yeah just being on a treadmill, like it's so boring. And I, and you're talking about exploring, I've done it. And I've even tried to force myself at times to do things just because I thought that my mindset said that this is what you need to do to equal your goals. And, you know, I've, it's, it's very freeing. We talked about freedom and harmony. It's very freeing when we get to a place where we're like, you know, I just enjoy walking and I I look at nature and, you know, for me, it's just like being outside and then finding those times when I do have the the energy and I want to maybe challenge myself a little bit more to do something a little bit more intense. And then also um, I love the mental aspect of how that, for me, that is my chance to clear my mind instead of instead of choosing to sit and watch. TV. Not that that, you know, I think that if we choose to have that moment of like quote unquote escape or, you know, we're, that is our, our choice. Not, not that we're doing that in reactionary mode, but like a lot of times I choose the exercise because I know this is going to free up my mind and I'm really having fun.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's about having fun. Again, when we're trying to make changes to our health journey, it needs to be positive, it needs to be pleasant. If it's negative, we're not gonna continue that. That's not sustainable long-term. So if we're trying to implement lifestyle changes, that really does need to be positive. And then the mental component to this, again, that mind-body connection, positive mind, positive body. Hey, I'm looking forward to my to taking a, a walk with my dogs. Now, I joke around. I call the walks with the dogs hunt because they are hunting. They in their mind. I've got two puppies, two Doodle puppies, a doodle and a Golden Doodle. In their mind, they're going to get them a squirrel, a bunny, or an armadillo. I mean, like, and it's good resistance training because they're about to take off. So I'm, I know I'm using a lot of good muscle there. But again, it's our mindset. Like you said, going for a walk, enjoying nature enjoying God's creation, it makes all the difference in the world and just how we look at that. It needs to be a positive experience.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. And just real quick, as we're finishing up, I want to touch on the actual go back, kind of come back around and um talk about the whole food thing, because I think as moms, and I just even something very tactical and tangible that these women can go, okay, this week, when I think about food, I want to think of it this way versus I've always done this, or even if they like are so used to like, oh, well, you know, I've always had meats, potatoes, I've had a carb, like, and they're just so still in that like mechanical. Uh, this is how we do it. This is how we do it. Like what's a what is something that, that you can help them see of that they can really put into place this week as it relates to food that will be super helpful that okay. will make, make them feel yep. healthy, like the how-to stuff.
1: I love that question. The best nutrition advice I can give is eat real foods, like eat real whole foods. Okay. Most of those grow on plants. So that's a really good rule of thumb. If you can look at something and you're like, okay, that's an avocado. That's an apple. That's broccoli. That's chicken. That's a good indication. That's real food. If the food's in the middle of the grocery store, that's where we get really tripped up. And that is where they're using literally millions and millions of dollars to deceive us. Mm Mm-hmm. They're hoping, that, and they use very, very smart, deceptive marketing practices. It's called health washing so that it looks healthy. And I've got a whole podcast on this, and it makes me so angry. And there's things, there's you know, because it takes me forever in the grocery store because I'm just trying to do some research too. So now most of the time I will order the groceries in because it takes me that long But there's some things that I'll look at and I'm like, Oh my word, like I would have never known unless I had turned it over and started looking in depth. And then I'm like, wait a minute. So they're using very deceptive marketing practices called health washing. And if we can stick to the outside, by and large, the outside perimeter of the grocery store, spending most of the time in the produce section. For my meal, I need some protein, a good, clean source of protein. I needed some vegetables and maybe a little bit of fruit. Good to go. Like, let's oh, let's simplify it and not make it too complicated. And in the produce section, you know, I had a client that started with me recently. And I was so proud of Paula because she said she had this kind of adventurous, creative spirit about her and just a great sense of humor. And she said, I've determined I'm going to try either one new fruit or one new vegetable a week. And I thought that's so awesome. Like, I mean, to have the courage to say, you know what, like, I'm just going to try it. Why not? And it's so important that we experiment. Like, you know what? I, I think I had that vegetable growing up. I don't think I liked it, but how about I try it now and actually prepare it in a manner where it tastes good. Um, so sticking to real foods, and when you grocery shop, spending most of your time on the outside perimeter of the grocery store, primarily in that produce section. And that's where we're getting so many key nutrients that our body desperately needs.
0: And uh, as soon as you said that, I was just thinking, of that, I said, how can we make this fun? And we can do that by, same thing Paula did. And then even with our kids, ladies, like I just feel like for me, it is making it creative with the kids and saying, guess what y'all this, every Friday night, this summer, we get to try a new fruit. We're going to try a new veggie and this is going to be so much fun and like, make it like something that we look forward to. Same thing with a mindset. Let's like, let's make this fun. Cause how many, (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to eat something if you're like, all right, y'all, I'm supposed to eat more veggies, and so I'm going to try this this week. Will y'all try it with me?
1: Yeah. I mean, who wants to? who's going to go along with you if you say it like that? Like, I mean, that's so boring. But tapping into, um, you know, the strengths of your children, too, if they're really creative. Letting our kids experiment in the kitchen. And by the way, not all experiments turn out good. Some of them are a flop. Laugh at it and then say, okay, how can we tweak this next time? Like, I think we messed this up. This didn't turn out quite so good. What do we need to do next time? And tapping into their creativity and letting them play a little bit and letting them play a role in trying some of these things and making some of these decisions and then making sure they're aware about some of these like deceptive practices in the grocery store. Just because a boxed product says it's healthy does not mean it's healthy. So, I mean, we need to focus on those foods that do not need a label. I mean, there's no place to put it. There's no room to put a label on a head of broccoli or an avocado. Like there's just no room. We know exactly what it is. It's full of vitamins. It's full of minerals. It is full of antioxidants and phytochemicals, plant nutrients. It doesn't need a label. Those things, those boxes, they need a label because they got plenty of junk and chemicals and toxins that are just destroying our health and it's destroying our kids' health. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love this conversation. Like you said, there's so many branches we could go, but I want to, I want you to tell everyone where they can find you because I know that they're going to want to learn more. I, I'm already planning on going and listening to the podcast about the, um, what did you call the,
1: Health washing, yes. Health washing, yes. I've never Health heard washing. that
0: term, so I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that. So, where can we all find you?
1: Yes, so you can find me uh, on the website InspireHealthyHarmony.com. I'm also on Instagram, on Facebook at Inspire Healthy Harmony. On the website, you're going to notice. Um, everything from the coaching options to an upcoming small group program that starts in the fall, you're going to notice several freebies. And so I think that's very helpful. I love to have freebies um, for uh, my clients that come or my, my listeners that come to the website because people just need some help and support. And then I also have a, a Facebook group where people can get plugged in and just get that support and accountability. Most importantly, that encouragement. And so uh, like right now on the Facebook group, we're in the middle of a little self-care care series. And I know that that is being very, very well received, but at Inspire Healthy Harmony and then inspirehealthyharmony.com are the two places that you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I I feel like
0: there was just a lot of um, just light in this conversation. And I think it's going to be super helpful for anyone who listens. And I look forward to connecting again soon with you.
1: Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this
0: podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. Every so often, I will read reviews and give shout outs. To dig deeper, join us at Set Free Sisterhood over on Facebook.